0: welcome to the touch project podcast my name is Pat special episode today very excited actually and to be fair maybe a little self-indulgent with this episode because I'm looking forward to getting more out of this than I hope you do um, but for the most part I guess this interview uh, or this conversation is centered around a few uh, aspects of episodes of the past and one of the the reoccurring themes of the last few episodes we've talked about is what makes a good athlete not just a good touch athlete but what makes a good athlete in general so so are the attributes about what it takes to be a good touch player based on becoming uh, a good athlete and how can we better prepare ourselves uh, to do that? I hope that this uh, this interview brings insight to your preparation for the preseason, and as we get into uh, the Touch 40 season coming up toward the latter end of this year, hopefully this helps uh, guide uh, the uh, pathways to prosperity for one's uh, athletic self. I uh, tapped on a few doors and got a, a friend in to have a bit of a yarn and I don't know. I'm really looking forward to this. We've had a pre-interview. We had a very good conversation about a few things that I'm hoping to sort of dive uh, into today. Uh, Jordan Puppa joins us. Uh, Jordan is the director, founder, CEO, general manager, head person at uh, JP Athletic, which is uh, based in, in Auckland, which is... Uh, well, you Tell us what JP Athletic is first, my mate.
1: Uh, it's just training athletes, man. So we look after... Athletes from multiple sports mm. and at varying levels, Um, have quite a few high-performing athletes, but then also quite a few college kids as well. Yeah, uh, mix of first 15, all the way through to cricket, touch, netball. Uh, we have a real good mix, real good group of people. Sicky. And yeah, just
0: look after athletes. Mean. So I guess let's, before we uh, delve into that, I just, uh, it's Touch Projects, so it's Touch podcast. You've got a connection to Touch footy, yeah? Yeah, little little connection. Yeah, and what's that? Tell us about it.
1: Uh, so if we go back, uh,
0: Take us right back,
1: right back. So my first module was Race small park. Mm. Played for Popkota Seagulls in Auckland, right? In Auckland, yeah, yeah Um and then joined up with a club called Vaporize. Nice. So we're we we're actually quite good. Um, what, what year
0: is this? Nineteen ninety. How
1: <laughs> hey, <I'm> many twenty three? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was sort of before a lot of us joined Freezing Hot and Bullets. Okay. So um, you're
0: a freezing uh, player? Was freezing okay, player. Okay, oh, not anymore.
1: Not anymore, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Huskies now. Okay. But we were, like like a lot of clubs, we were offshoot. Yeah. Um, we were quite good for a while at freezing hot, but mm. we just hit a, hit a roadblock with multiple things. Mm. Not a lot of drama, but yeah. we were losing a lot of our young players. Um, our core, half of them were sort of leaving off to do other things, mm. and it sort of left a little group of us sort of with, with nowhere to go, mm. I guess. Um, it was stay at freezing and just stay same old. Or I guess Huskies was was going to start a year before mm. as an offshoot of JP Athletic. Yeah. Um, we stayed for one more year. We tried to uh, get things rolling at freezing, but we just couldn't. So Clint and I, uh, with the help of Chrissy, to
0: bring the girls across, we... Um, Started Huskies yeah. So, what? How old are you when you first started playing? Because for those, I mean, I don't think I need to give the the genealogy of freezing hot. Everybody knows who freezing hot is Yeah. So, f- f- when did you start playing for for freezing? Sixteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so twenty three now. Yeah, twenty three now.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I played first. We had a young team called Gunners. So there's there's quite a few young boys in there, and um we sort of played counties together growing mm. up. Um Brian Adams sort of developed us from young kids. And we went and we took out the restricted grade at fuckers. Yeah. And then the following year, I think it was the year we made the final for freezing in the men's grade. Mm. But after that, boys went off and did um, uni from our Gunners team. So some went to Wellington, um, Dunedin, and we just couldn't stay together. Yeah. Everyone going on their own paths, I guess. But you
0: stuck with FH for a bit
1: and then… Stuck with FH for a bit and then… Yeah, just we just
0: couldn't get it to work. So, so what year did you start Huskies? Last year. And um, how do you think that went? Like from going from being in an, in an, under an established framework uh, with something with so much sort of legacy, if you want to call it that, and then eventually being brave enough to start your own thing. What was that transition like? So, if we look in terms of results, hey,
1: fuckers, terrible. It went terrible. Yeah. Um. Oh, our men's and women's lost all their games. Yeah. But good experience though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for me, he wants yeah, yeah. to win. No, but yeah. in terms of what we built, so the purpose behind Huskies was to develop young players. Mm. So, for most of the guys in our men's team, we're pretty much rugby players, yeah. rugby league. For the girls, they're sevens and they're ballers. So, touch isn't their main sport. We know that we're not going to turn into a playing up or bullets where we're just stacked with NZ players, yeah. where we know that we need to get New Zealand coaches in or high performance coaches in because these players want to play touch at the highest level. We know that Huskies isn't that. We know that the girls in our team want to go play pro netball, pro sevens. So what are they going to get out of touch? So their purpose of playing touch might be to have a mental break from their main sport or it might be to work on how to beat someone one-on-one or how to work on spacing. And for the guys, it's the same. So in terms of high performance in sport, in the summer – we're all competitive in nature because we're high-performing athletes in our own sport. Mm. So when we play touch, we want to win. When we go to fuckers, we want to win. But touch isn't the be-all, end-all for our athletes. So in terms of what we created, the culture, both teams are super tight. Everyone knows each other. There's no cliques, nothing like that. Mm. Huskies did really well. In terms of we went down to fuckers (laughs) and got results, now we went shit. Yeah, it looked fun, though. It was real fun. I think maybe we could have... Trained a bit more on that Friday instead oh, yeah. of doing the Amazing Race, but <laughs> I think we we created something that we're going to do every time. Culture's important, though, eh? Really important. Yeah. And it's what kind of culture you create. So for us, sounds if, if you're from another club, you're going to be like probably dumb, but a lot of people in our club don't drink. Mm. So we had to find other ways to bring people together because most yeah. people socialise for the first time after having a few beers. The only guy that went out in our <laughs> team is... Bloody Joey's brother, Glenn. Yeah. Everyone else stayed at the campsite and just chilled. Yeah. you know, Because no one really drinks. They all, most of them had to go back to pre-season on the Monday after fuckers.
0: Glenn's my man, though. Glenn is the man. The man. All right. So uh, that sounds cool, though. It is exciting. Fun. Are you excited for this year? Because you guys go back to fuckers, Sunday if it happens?
1: Yep, yep. So definitely going back. We already started, I wouldn't say training, but as a means of active recovery. yeah, uh, We started having runs on Sunday. So if anybody wants to come down to Williams Park on a Sunday 10 o'clock, then feel free
0: to just come down and have a jam. Nice. You get a plus size grade or what? You're more than welcome to come, <laughs> man. Um, uh, the, I guess the crux of our conversation, bro, is, is to is to have a bit of a yarn about what makes a good athlete, right? Yeah. And because uh, I'm intrigued, because for the most part, it's not just about being like a professional athlete, and and I and I'm sure you can sort of delve into that, and that's cool. But I want to know. Simplify the process for an everyday person who's keen to get into playing touch footy, maybe going from restricted to uh, to, to an opens level or just want to get better at being a, being a touch footy player. What is the, the fundamental uh, key elements of, of that process? First thing that I would say to anyone is
1: to become a creature of consistency. Yeah. You like that one? Unless it's bad consistency. Yeah, so create good habits yeah. and work on... Your strengths, because your strengths are what separate you from someone else. You don't want to be this, the exact same player as someone else, mm. right? You've got to have your point of difference. Own so your own. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. I just heard that. But So work on your strengths, but also work on your weaknesses. Mm. So whether it's speed, strength, power. The worst thing I see a lot of athletes do is they train like – go in the gym, they train like a bodybuilder, and they go to touch – they don't work on anything that's actually going to make them a better player. Mm. And then they go out on the footy, footy field and expect to have improved. Yeah. So a lot of players, they get faster, bigger as they grow with age, which mm. is,
0: is to be expected, but they don't actually become better athletes. You're right. So, so how much of the emphasis is placed on uh, improving your weaknesses versus exploring opportunities for you?
1: I think it's a bit of both. So when when an athlete comes in, we have a template of what makes you a good overall athlete, no matter what your sport is. Mm. How's your body comp? How's your mobility? How are your skills? How's your strength? How's your speed? How's your force? Right. Okay. If we we use a belt system, so if you're a black belt in all these components, you're going to be a really good athlete. Mm. Then your program itself is individualized to make you the best at that sport. Right. Now everyone's going to have strengths and weaknesses in different
0: areas, but it's just about finding that balance. Mm. I like that. So what are the what are the um, the entry level points for one's journey? So what do you need to get right off the bat straight away? I think just turning up, and attitude. Like Note no to self:
1: <laughs> We we have kids that come in at the age of six, and mm-hmm. they're just keen. And it's, at that age, it's all about fun. Mm. Now, if you can create good, I'd say habits, but also motor patterns and biomechanics at an early age before they start creating, as you said, poor habits mm. and moving incorrectly, then then you're going to prevent a lot of injuries. But you're also going to make their potential to be a better well-rounded athlete Mm. so much higher at the end of the day because they're going to have, they're going to know how to run probably. They're going to know how to squat probably. They're going to know how to hinge properly or push properly. So, at a a younger age, they have all those foundational components Mm.
0: that you can then build on as they get older. For... Uh, for the touch for the athletic listening at the moment, going alright, sweet. I, I don't know if I'm at a JP Athletics level yet, so I'm not going to walk through the doors of your t- gym. But what can I do at home? What are, what are some what are some key things that they could do from home right now? Let's go. Yeah, first thing would be sort your food out. Yeah, mm. nutrition. <laughs> most people hate to
1: hear it, but you can't out train a bad diet. Mm. So so if you're going to the gym and you're working hard, but you're eating like shit, yeah. Most time your your body's just going to burn out and you're going to end up breaking down. And you see a lot of time people do such a hard preseason, season yeah. they all the way to touch and then they get injured. The worst thing that a lot of touch players can do, and I say it for all sports, is CrossFit. Yeah. Now, CrossFit athletes are designed for CrossFit, okay? Now, what you find with a lot of other athletes that aren't, CrossFit isn't their sport. You become good at a lot of things, but there's no structure around your program. Where are you going with it? So yeah. you become good at a lot of things, but you don't become great at anything. Yeah. Uh, you're also working so hard every time you go in that your body ends up breaking down when you need it the most. Mm. So you need to have structure. You need to have what's your purpose, what's your clear direction, mm. where you're going, is, how's my food, and then am I actually going
0: somewhere with my training? Let's talk about food for a second. Uh, what? what where, where do we go wrong with food? What's happening in that? I mean, obviously, you can eat shit food. You're going to get shit results, right? But yeah. are, there, are there some sort of really – important things to consider common sense not very common right so no. I said to you last and time we've we've the chat, my GP lately. told me I can eat KFC if I don't eat the chips right and <laughs> then you and you, you you brought it to my attention that that chicken that I apparently think is so good to me on a high, high fat low carb diet is actually cooked in shit yeah. so probably not a good thing so it depends who you listen to now <laughs> well, <laughs> not me uh, folks my, my
1: biggest problem is you everyone should know that sugar is the enemy mm. now if if we look at studies and you're seeing this a lot with COVID-19 and vaccines and you, oh, you yeah. brought it up last time and you're really turning me into this guy. But where are we getting our information from? Now, if, if we look at nutritional studies, Coca-Cola in the 60s spent millions and millions of dollars to try and make it that red meat was the enemy rather than sugar, mm. right? So if they're funding all these studies to make, this is the outcome, what everyone's going to see, then if we all believe that, we're going to be doing the wrong thing. Now, it's... In nutrition, it's such a big concern because you're seeing the heart tick on foods where it clearly shouldn't be on. You're seeing the food pyramid is upside down. You're seeing the government puts all their money towards things that it shouldn't be. And... Veganism is such a pain in the ass because if we're looking at sugar and we know that sugar is the enemy, what are vegans eating? They're eating sugar. Their body's going to break down. So one thing I saw the other day that uh, I found quite funny was I'm real big on the ketogenic diet and the carnivore diet Mm. and if the way the vegan diet's going and it's booming at the moment, while the carnivore diet is going to end up booming because all these vegans are going to realise that they need red
0: meat. So carnival diet, that's just meat, full stop, right?
1: Yeah, just meat. It's sort of, the, the way I do it, it's called a meat-based diet. So it's a diet of elimination. Yes. So it's a diet of elimination. Now, at the moment, I could have underlying health concerns or I might react badly to certain foods, right? Yeah. But if I'm eating a bunch loads of different foods, mm-hmm. I don't know what's causing these reactions. Yeah. Right? So if, if I cut it down to just red meat and I'm fine, then I can bring something like blueberries back in. And if I don't react bad to that, then yeah. I can keep that in my diet. Yeah. And then try something else. If I react
0: bad, take that out. That, that's all it is. So you're starting with meat and then you build based on what you feel like your body can handle. Exactly. So how are you doing at the moment?
1: Pretty much just meat, man. Yeah. I bought some.
0: What did you have for breakfast?
1: I haven't eaten yet. Oh. So we go. Are you intermittent um, fasting as well? So, yeah, so you go, you do a fasting and feasting concept. So, when you eat, oh, you, like eat to your, you eat till you're full. Yeah. And then you just fast the rest of the time. So, most people. Until so you're hungry like, again. Yeah. Most people have like two two meals a day. Yeah. I, I recommend one to two if you want to lose weight mm. or maintain your weight, or three to four if you want to bulk. So you just size. eat once a day, do you? Once or twice.
0: What do you tell your athletes? Is it based on individual situation?
1: So. I I wait for them to come to me with nutrition, Mm. okay, because I know that unless they want to do it, they're not going to stick to it. Mm. And having that open communication and trust is really important for me. Mm. So even if my, I know most of my rugby league boys are going to go get out on the piss after a game on the Saturday night. Now if they're going to tell me that they're not drinking, then I set them a session to do on Sunday. Well, it's almost a waste of time. Right? because they're going to half-ass it or they're not going to do it when I expect them to. So with, with nutrition, if they come to me and they go, man, I, I want to try this diet, they all of them know that I only promote these two diets, right? It's keto carnival. Keto or carnival. Right. So if they come to me and they go, I want to try one of these two diets, I'll give them all the information to then go and do their own research on it, and
0: then we get started from there. Yeah. Tell me about this fat adept thing. We talked about that last time. Yeah. What's that about? So your your body, at
1: most people will be running on glucose, yeah. right? That, so most people are running on sugar. Yeah. So that's not optimal. So even when babies are born, they're running on ketosis. They're running on ketones. Yeah. That's what we want to be running on. Now, if we look at the three macros, we look at carbohydrates, fat, and protein, Right. your body can make glucose enough to survive your body can't make fat and protein now we have as a species evolved over many thousands of years mm. because we eat so much fat and protein so if that is not in your diet
0: well you're not going to survive right okay so, so you need f- to add the fat and the protein but you can do without the sugar exactly right so Jeez, that, that's no, the whole yourself.
1: that's the whole point of a ketogenic diet so mm. a lot of How do I put this? Diseases like type 2 diabetes. So a lot of fat people is what you wanted to say. Is that right? Nah, I don't want to offend anyone that's got a certain disease. Right. But if we look at type 2 diabetes, that should not be a disease because that's all from nutrition. Yeah. So if someone's not getting sugar in their diet, they're not going to have type 2 diabetes. Or you can reverse it. Mm. And they're seeing it for a lot of autoimmune diseases now, especially with severe arthritis. Someone's got severe arthritis. The carnivore diet is great for them, mm. and with with everything I'm saying, if you want to do it, go do your own research. Right. That that's really important as well. Mm. Don't just take it from what I'm I'm saying. I back it, but go do your own
0: research. So so fat adapting is basically just figuring out how you can uh, change your mindset or just what your body is so feeling your, like it needs. Your
1: body switches over from running on glucose to running on fat which then means that you're now in ketosis. Yeah. So it's a much more efficient energy system for your body. So if, let's say, you for example, do you get like energy dips? Do you go up and down? So do you you get periods of the day where you need naps or feel like you need a nap? No, I've got a special
0: machine for that now. Uh, JP, (laughs) say...
1: Uh No, nah, well, yeah, I used to. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah. like you're, sort of, 3, you're sort of low, right? You're sort of doing a ketogenic diet now, right? Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I should bread.
0: If if Lily's listening, I absolutely am. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but that that's sort of one of the many um, differences that you'll find people. So no a no no peaks diet. and troughs. You don't have peaks, so you don't have super highs or super lows. You sort of your energy stays constant throughout the day. Right. And for me, when I'm at work from 5.30 in the morning to about 7.30 at night, oh, that's an issue. I don't want to have these dips. Change your life.
0: 5.30 yeah.
1: to 7.30. Yeah. Lucky it's fun, though. Yeah. Just program on a
0: Sunday, then talk shit for the rest of the week. How much actual physical training do you do? I, I couldn't imagine that you're training from 5.30 to 7.30. You just shit yourself. Nah, so if we've
1: got someone like Jory who doesn't like putting his weights away, yeah. then I've got to, yeah. You know, Put his weights away That's, that's a training in itself okay. But I do Four heavy sessions a week Right In terms of lifting weights And then I'll do Some skill work Or some
0: mobility Yeah So the the We talked about this last time And I just want to bring that back Because I think it's important I said what makes a good athlete You said what makes a good human Yeah Yeah So that's the first thing we look at So creating a good human Creating a good human Yeah so how yes. much of that Is mental because so I, I tell you, for me, I'll give, yeah, give you some insight. This is why I really enjoy this conversation is because for me, it's never been about what I can do mm. physically, right? Because mm. you tell me to do something, I'll just go and do it. Yeah. You know, but Of course, you remove the choice, then it's easier. You need to go and do this, I so can go and do it. But a lot of the time, the barrier that I need to overcome is what's in my head. Mm. And I feel like uh, a lot of our, especially our touch players, or the, at least the ones that I interact with it, it's the it's the mental side of things, right? So, yeah, how much man. of that do you spend uh, with your athletes, and how much is how how important is, is it for for people to understand what's happening in the head before they can go and make it happen in the gym? Okay.
1: Now, if we look at, I did a basketball analogy with you last time, and yeah. you didn't quite get it. So, oh, I, <laughs> we, know, lo- no, we look we look at. I really didn't. Okay. It is so important that Conor McGregor, one of the top UFC fighters. In the world I was
0: about to correct you and say He fights, doesn't play basketball but Yeah, yeah. you changed the analogy Okay,
1: good He spent millions of dollars on Tony Robbins To be with him throughout his camp For his latest fight Yeah, that's the motivational
0: yeah. speaker guy That smiles all the time Exactly, yeah mm.
1: Then if we look at Michael Phelps Who's the glorified Olympian swimmer Stoner, yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He does a lot of visualisation Probably when he's stoned Yeah Okay <laughs> Now, if if we're talking about What you're thinking And what goes on in your head And uh, what might hold someone back What separates us from many other species in the animal kingdom is we have developed what's called a neocortex in our brain.
0: Before you go on, you buzz me out when you say species, g (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm not in the fucking zoo, JP. (laughs) Species. Okay, anyway, as you were, go, go, go. So we have
1: what's called like a chimp element to our brain. Oh, it's getting worse now. (laughs) And the professor side of it. And they're in constant tug-of-war. Okay, this is why people always fail to live up to their own expectations of themselves, okay? Now, your neocortex can only think or focus on one thing at a time, okay? Now, if you're playing sport, and you get this with athletes at the highest level as well, but they're often the role players, Mm -hmm. right? They're constantly thinking, what am I doing? What's going to be the outcome? What if I do this? What if I do that? Okay, thinking about so much stuff that the neocortex can't actually think about what do I need to do? Yeah. Okay. Now, this is why so many people don't make it to that top level, but this is also why there's only very few people that we call the GOAT. Right. Because they're people that can nail their job, and they know how to use things like self-talk, visualization, mm. uh, other means, other tools to prepare them for their game. I am want to go back to that basketball analogy yeah. now. We look at the Toronto Raptors, they had one play to beat the 76ers to make the overall finals for the NBA. Mm. First time ever for Mm. a Canadian side, I think. Anyway, they had one play. He went to the coach, draw up the play, give me to my spot. Didn't say anything about the shot, didn't say anything about the outcome. Give me to my spot. Mm. That's all his neocortex was thinking about, give me to my spot. He had done it so many times, he had practiced it so many times. But what a lot of people fail yeah. to understand is you can practice and practice and practice. But until you put yourself under pressure, until you break yourself down, break down barriers, understand yourself, understand what makes you tick, understand mm. what makes you nervous, then when you get put in that environment and you're too scared to fail because of external factors, what other people think mm. or what's my teammates going to think. Just or believe in yourself, right? Exactly. Then you're, you're going to fail. Yeah. Okay, so... How much do I, How much time do I spend on it? We've teamed up with a company in Australia called Athletes Authority who mm-hmm. have designed a course that they give out to their elite athletes. Now, a lot of teams pay for sports psychi- psychiatrists and stuff like that and mm-hmm. do all that kind of stuff with their players. But what the feedback that I've heard from players in that environment is that a lot of times it's girls talking to a guy. Mm-hmm. So they're super uncomfortable telling the guy about their problems. So they just you know, give him a brief overview and, right. yeah, great, there's my hour done, I'm out. So the program that we have is you sit down with yourself in front of a computer, starts off with a questionnaire, and then I think there's nine components to it, mm. all directly related to sport, where you break down every single part of your game, mm. but also yourself. Because if you don't understand yourself, and understand what makes you tick as a human. Yeah. Then when you get out on the field, how do
0: you expect yourself to be able to perform in any situation? Right. So so you you give your athletes opportunities to share what they're going through what, anonymously or how does it work? So when
1: they fill out the questionnaire, I, they can either choose whether it gets sent to me or yeah. it stays anonymous. What are some of the questions they get asked? It, it is very long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it takes about a solid two hours to go through it. Okay. Um, some of them are about um, childhood events or. Oh, we go in deep. Yeah, you go real in depth. Right. So I said last time, one of the girls, I'll keep her anonymous, after doing the questionnaire, before she even started the course,
0: yeah.
1: realized that when she's playing a game, whether it's a final or whatever, she is fine. Yeah. But when her mum turns up, the nerves go through the roof. And it's because as a kid, her mum was never at the games because her mum was working. Mm. So now when her mum turns up, she feels all this expectation, all this pressure right. to make her proud. But so she filled out the questionnaire, and then the uh, the program said you need to start on this component. Yeah. She went through that. She ended up coming and t- telling me, "Oh, this has helped me so much." And yeah, so so it breaks it down from childhood events all the way through to um, finals that you've played in what makes you nervous, mm. um, other
0: events. It, it's very in-depth. And what is that designed to do specifically? Just give them the opportunity to unload or what? Unload, but also... Do they get that sent back to them in, in 12 months and go, look how far you've come or what? The, the questionnaire at the start is
1: just so that we can give you a clear direction of which part of the course you mm. should you should start at. What Which part of the course is going to benefit you the most? As opposed to going through the course and going, oh, this stuff doesn't really right. relate to me. Yeah, you know. So it's the question is going to break you down, mm. and then it's up to you to build yourself back up.
0: Oh, I like that as a better athlete well, or a human.
1: Anyway, it's up, right? Yeah, and then it's going to take going out on the field, being in that situation, to then realize if this course has helped you or not.
0: Ongoing though. So from I see, I see you on the gram. You know, you do a lot of you know setting goals, and you mm. know, yep, I've achieved that goal on the whiteboard chalkboard or whatever. So what's that designed to do? Man- so, manifest that what you want to do, smash it out the park. So what what I find with a lot of
1: gyms and okay, because I work with athletes, we d- we don't do 8 week challenges or mm. lose weight and all that kind of stuff. And when a lot of people go to a PT, I find that there's not a much, there's not there's not a lot of accountability. Right. Okay? So the PT will go Oh, let's jump in this lighting. Let's take a photo of you here. Man, you've lost <laughs> so much weight, you know? Yeah. So as I said, we've got the bout system. Yeah. So every three we break the year down into three months. So there's four seasons throughout the year. Currently, from July to the end of September, we're in season three. Mm. So everyone's got their goal. So my my goal at the moment is to get a facility or attract more high performing athletes, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Um Joey's goal might be to make the NRL as a ref. That's yeah. his overall goal. Okay, but if you're going to be with me for the next three months, what are we going
0: to achieve? Okay. Yeah.
1: So let's set some goals at the beginning of July. That
0: Some micro goals, if, if we want to a better term.
1: Y- yeah. And let's use the bout system as reference. Yeah. So if I can already juggle three balls for one minute, mm. the next one is three balls for five. Then it's four balls for 15. Okay, there's mobility. Where do I want to be? Yeah how am I going to be the best athlete I can be in the next three months and then at the end of those three months I nominate a few athletes some that come to the gym some Mm. that are overseas and they have to do a review of the three months so they have to analyse
0: their own performance which gives them that accountability yeah there's a few few things that I've noticed about uh, your approach or some of the things that you do with your athletes in your gym that I'm curious about yep one of them is juggling yep (laughs) <laughs> what's the go with the juggling, my mate? You're holding back on the joke, or no, no, no. no. <laughs> no for those of context, I'll, I'll share a link because uh, you did a tutorial with uh, Sky for yeah. the home advantage thing, and so you, I guess, you explained there. But take us in depth as to yeah. <laughs> what's what's the what's the go with the juggle thing.
1: Now, in in the gym, I I can get you strong and powerful, yes. and I can help you lose weight and make you. Better, good to know okay. But are you really going to be a better athlete Oh, What's the point of getting you big and strong If your hand eye coordination is shit mm. If your peripheral vision is shit If you can't use both hands mm. If you can't control depth Okay, there, There's a lot of elements that I find Great you look like a bodybuilder But you're a mouse on the field mm. Or you can't pass a ball So, so juggling just helps you connect your hands
0: to your brain. It's as right. simple as that. Yeah, I'm very unco though. So it would be very so this difficult will help, for with
1: me. Deal, so start on two.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So the so you walk us through the juggling then. So so I walk in the gym and I, you know, you teach me how to be skinny uh, and then we but I'm very unco. So you go, okay, here's two hegy six so, so we pe- do testing
1: first. Right. So when you come in we'll take you through a bit of testing. Yeah. And one of the tests is juggling. Yeah.
0: What's the other what's the other tests? So there's so when I come to your gym and I say, "All right, JP, let's do it." What's happening? So walk we, us through that.
1: We look at your body fat first oh and your muscle Lord. number. Yeah. So so they're both quite important because I I really firmly believe that there's a, there's a look to sport. Now, if we look at NRL fullbacks, a lot of them look the same. Mm. We look at NRL props. A lot of them are look very athletic. They're different to rugby props, right? Mm. So body fat and muscle number are the same. Oh, are very important. So that's the first thing we look at. Then we look at your mobility. So we look at a standing pike, which is sort of, can you touch your, can you get your hands to the floor? No. Yeah. Then we look at a sort of a split squat, ATG split squat. Can we get your knee over your toe? Can we get your hamstring covering your calf? Can we get that back leg straight? We. It's just a guide. Where are we at? Yeah. Yeah. Then we look at your juggling. <coughs> yeah. Then we look at your handstand ability. <laughs> because that tells me, are you aware of your body in space?
0: How did how did my mate Joey go with the handstand,
1: mate? He just cracked a ninety-second nose-to-wall handstand.
0: Where's the videos? Where's the videos? Yeah. Oh, this is I, I was there. I was yeah. there. So
1: his next one is thirty-second free handstand. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Goes with his. How um, long can you handstand for? Twenty-eight seconds. I'm okay. close. Yeah. I'm close. I'm close. So you got tear approach to everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, the belt system. Yeah. Then we look at your foot juggling. Same thing with the hands. How good is the connection from your feet to your brain?
0: Is that like how the soccer players do with the ball? Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And we work down to like hacky sacks. Okay. Yeah. Then we look at different strength components. So your squat, push-ups,
0: and your hang for time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I like, I, I, this is interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm still curious though. So take it back to touch. How does the JP Athletic way improve a touch player, or, or at least what are the elements that you think are, are relevant to, to a touch person?
1: Oh okay. yeah. So if we go, obviously the stronger, more powerful you are, the faster you're gonna be, the less body fat you're carrying on you, you're gonna move better, mm. all that kind of stuff. If we look at just juggling, if you're a good juggler, you're gonna be able to see the ball, see the defender, and see where you want to see where you want to go, as opposed to just looking straight at the ball, Mm. catching the ball, then having to look at the defender, then looking at where you want to go. Yeah. Okay? If we look at handstands, you're going to be aware of how your body's moving in space. So if someone's coming at you, can you move your shoulders? Can you dive in? Whatever. Mm. Can you get yourself out of uncomfortable situations? Mm. We look at foot juggling, deceleration, footwork, beating someone one-on-one, um, yeah, being able to take off, I guess. Yeah, so so there's different elements, but I would train a touch player in a way very similar to a rugby rugby league player. Mm. I just believe that a touch player needs to be quite low in body fat and needs to be quite quick. Yeah, so the acceleration and the speed components outweigh sort of muscle number and looking at getting someone. Very, very strong.
0: Yeah. Where did all this come from? Like, did you study uh, sports science or what What? what, what, yep. what did you study? So as?
1: so I started there and then I learned a lot under a guy called Christian Woodford who yeah. works with AFL players over in Melbourne. Yeah. And I've recently, as of this year, joined a group called Real Movement. So the leader of that group is a guy called Keegan Smith who's yeah. the head of or director of performance at the Sydney Roosters. Yeah. And Other guys in this group is um, a guy called Ben Patrick who a lot of people will know as Knees Over Toes. A Mm. lot of people in New Zealand know him, surprisingly. Um, Another guy that a lot of people know called Mr. Infinity. So they're they're both guys that work with a lot of NBA athletes but people with knee pain, um, lower back pain. Mm. Um, And the whole point of this group is it's a a place where resources are uploaded. We can have constant chats, Mm. um, constant feedback as well. Um, and yeah, it's it's sort of a community for coaches. Yeah, to then become the best coaches we can be because I believe that you should always be learning, and always, I, I'm one person that can admit if I'm wrong. Yeah,
0: we're in the hood, eh? sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in, we're recording at home, folks, and I live in the in the. I'm pretty sure I'm in the kingdom of Tonga. Haven't heard those megaphones <laughs> in a while. <laughs> Fuck like me, but um, yeah, cool. So, yeah. so you take you take a you, the essence of what they're teaching you, you're relaying to your people, right? Yeah,
1: and also from what I've learned from other resources as well.
0: Mm. Nice. Yeah. So we, so I guess I'm sitting at home. I'm feeling inspired by what you've told me, and this yeah. is great. I'm not talking about me, the, the listener, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, all right, it's sweet. So, what do I need to do right now? So if, if I've got the lead into you know touch season just around the corner and I'm thinking, oh yeah, I should probably get up and and, and get sorted. Before I before I hit you up and, and and look into whether or not I could become part of the JP team, what would I need to do from home immediately? Create habits and
1: make sure that you're working with discipline rather than being inspired by motivation. Because people that are inspired by motivation, they're starters. They're people that will start everything and go from Thing to thing That can tell great stories But they don't finish anything oh. And there's so many bloody starters out there yeah. But there's barely any finishers Finishers are people that will stay in a program
0: And just see it out And get results So interesting eh? this, that's, I've never thought about it that way mm. When you're motivated to do something You go Fuck, I'm going to do it It's amazing And how long does that last? Oh. You see it all the time with diets Yeah,
1: That's why I wait for people to come to me yeah. and make sure that they've done their own research and make sure that that research has taken more than a week yeah. because then I know, okay, if they've spent that much time looking into it, yeah. then the chances are they're going to stick with it. Yeah. But there, there are a lot of starters here, and there's a lot of people that think that they should be in a position when they haven't put the work in.
0: Discipline over dreams, eh? Yeah. Exactly You should you should TM that mate Patent, yeah. patent that
1: So my, my thing would be Create consistent habits yeah. And make sure that
0: You're disciplined enough To stick it out Yeah well, What Do you make your program Available online What's the go
1: Yep so There's only uh, About 20% of my clients Actually work in the gym The rest yeah. of them Are all online All yeah. all over the world Yeah So we run through A training app um, That we've had For the last three years now mm. And yeah Everything's available online
0: Yeah What's that worth the training app Yeah What are you going to charge me If I join JP right now like For, for
1: it, online client yeah. Mate it's $30 a week Okay And what do you get for that You get access to the training app You get access to Pretty much The community that we've built Yeah So we've got different chats for So if you're a rugby league player We've got a chat for you Rugby yeah. league And you've got Athletes at the highest level In that chat as well So whether you're a 15 year old you Could be talking
0: to A guy playing in the NRL mm. Whatever it is yeah. And so So on the app Join the app. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. That's us. Does that provide you with training, nutrition? What is it? What do you get out of that? So, all your trainings go on there. Yeah. You can see your progress. And is that tailored to them specifically? It's tailored to them specifically. Right. You get
1: sent the bout system and you get sent your nutrition. Right. It, everything's sent to you, and you got 20. If something goes wrong, you can hit me up. If you've got any questions, hit me up, whatever yeah. time of the
0: day. and... I'm there. I like this. So what's yeah. that? J, jpathletic.com What are we doing? It is, yeah. Alright There you go. I'm uh, I'm I'm intrigued. You uh I think what did I get out of this? What's my teachable moment out of this? Firstly, I really like the be a doer, not a dreamer thing. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. Um so that's dis- discipline over being motivated and inspired and then finishes over yeah, starters. Cut yeah, I like discipline that. Discipline over motivation. Cool. That's a good one. And what else did I get out of this? It's all good to, uh, to to be all tough, strong and muscly but without mobility you're not really going to get anywhere, right?
1: Yeah, or make sure that when you're in the gym, if you're a touch player, you're a touch player, right. you're not a powerlifter, you're yeah. not a bodybuilder. Yeah. So make sure that you're actually training that you're, the training that you're doing is going to benefit you as yeah. a touch player. I like that. What's next for you? What's on the plan? Um, Keep growing. So Huskies is a big focus for me at the moment. Yeah. We're trying to sort things out and we've got few things lined up we've brought um, I don't know if you know them Pete and Philippa Samuel over to Huskies they oh. sort of were involved with Pearl Jam and yeah. Auckland Touch okay. so one thing is this, your, is this your recruitment
0: announcement you can do that. put that on there yeah my big recruitment announcement
1: <laughs> but one thing I'm very um, self aware of is my shortcomings mm. so I, I don't have much knowledge around touch so let's bring in two people that are available Yeah. that I, I believe well they've won Auckland Mixed Touch the last five years or something yeah. In, in terms of that legacy, I got in trouble for that. <laughs> they're they're at the top of that for me, so yeah. they've brought over a wealth of knowledge and.
0: Are so going to launch a Huskies mix team? We, yeah, we That's actually are. Doing.
1: So, yeah. we got Huskies mix this year as well. So, cool. so yeah, so it's awesome having them on board. Yeah, and in terms of JP Athletic, just keep growing. There, there's a few things
0: lined up. Yeah. but um,
1: we'll we'll let them happen before I put them out there. Yeah,
0: nice. I, I noticed your what are your goals get your own facility. Yeah, good luck with that. Cheers. Gym's a very, very f- weird industry, eh? Yeah. Like I've, I got a few mates that like they launched their own thing in toting it, uh, and then locked out, and then pr- fricking COVID happened. Yeah. So, shit, you know.
1: So, so I've got, I'm in a real good spot at the moment. So in terms of looking to leave, no, I'm not looking to leave. I think, in terms of facility, if I can create a high performing facility just for athletes, mm. then that's it. That's it. That's okay. what I want. That, that's that's my dream for athletes to just come in and know this is a place for athletes. Yeah. That is high performance is a very very thrown out their word all the time. Yeah. So I don't minute, want to how would you
0: describe high performance? What is that to you?
1: I would high say pressure, high, elite. What is it? I would say let's let's first get this clear. I don't think. Mm, how do I word this?
0: No, word it the way you <laughs> want to word it.
1: I think high
0: performance is. Now we're going to, whatever you say, we're going to be sceptical That that's not what you really meant Just speak from your heart, Jordan Speak from your yeah. heart High performance
1: is High performance is, is athletes at the highest level, obviously
0: That okay. was not what you were mulling but, over
1: But I think a lot of people that throw out We're a high performance program Aren't high performance programs All oh, right, That's what I think And I think
0: So put up or shut up Yeah, exactly Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right, you could be honest, this is a safe space for you, Jordan. <laughs> safe yeah. space.
1: I, I don't, yeah, I don't really care yeah. what, what people think, but I, that that's that's a big pain in the ass of mine. Also, yeah. the whole PT thing that we touched on before, yeah. you can become a PT in six weeks. I, I know, think I'm, there's a, I'm a lot three of,
0: weeks into mine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think there's a, there's a lot of deception and there's a lot of bullshit in this industry. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are worse off for it than they realize.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a science to what you do.
1: Yeah, well, if you the human body is very complex, so the fact that people can tell other people what to do with their body, and yeah. after studying a six week course, this is why you see a lot of people bench press, squat, deadlift, sore lower back, mm. or tight shoulders, tight pecs. Yeah, because everyone's doing.
0: Are you into stretching a lot?
1: Uh, okay. There's a difference between stretching yoga and being strong through range. I I believe people need to be strong with range Mm.
0: as opposed to being super flexible. So, okay, so walk us through the difference. Okay,
1: being strong through range means I can get into like a maximal stride length and be strong in that position Mm. as opposed to just being able to drop down and do the splits or just being able to chuck my head behind or my toes behind my head. Yeah. But have no strength element to that. Which is the better
0: party trick though, Jordy? Well, it depends what party you're going to, but yeah, well, I'm just saying if I can touch the floor with my nuts, <laughs> it's gonna be a good day, isn't it? You're <laughs> dropping that low. <laughs> uh, that's cool, bro. I've really enjoyed the chat. Yeah. say thanks to three people that helped you get to where you are now. Go.
1: Mum and dad, obviously. Yeah. Um and, and the gym I'm at. That they, they've been awesome. Um shout out to Fitness Plus and Monaco. Um, uh, it's been around for about twenty five years. Um, they've been huge. Mm. And then I'd say my partner Christina. Yeah, um, she's sitting right there. She's sitting right there. But she's also I, I'm the person that I didn't know this till maybe a year ago, that a lot of people find confronting and hard to talk to. Who are you? Me. Um, Where are they? So a lot no, of people I can see that find me very unapproachable. So yeah. she's the better half of that. Yeah. Okay. And no, it's the beard.
0: Is it? I don't know.
1: It sort of gives me a diff- a lot of ethnicities.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the, i a very interesting persona. Do I? Yeah, I heard a lot about you before I met you, from the refs or? Oh no. Well, <laughs> no, apparently not. I'm not in that chat. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> you know, the seven from Huskies. It's a, it's a small community.
1: Yeah, That's I, interesting. I've always been like the token white boy in the county scenes. So I've always. But now just
0: I know you're Italian. You yeah. need to start introducing yourself as <laughs> up a bar.
1: <laughs> Don't ask me to kick your past yeah. anytime soon. No. But so I've always just known my role, so I've always been pretty quiet. Mm. But the other person that's helped me a lot would be Clint. Mm. You can't underestimate his value. To Clint Waitford, yes, yeah. I'm not sure if they say say the last name, but you gave it
0: your well, best. I, I learned Papa, so maybe it's Waitford. <laughs> Clint Waitford. <laughs> no, nah. yeah. cool, bro. It's been a good chat. I appreciate it. Cheers bro. JPathletic.com. Thanks for hanging out. Cheers, man.